Macarena. Well, since there are no rules, I guess technically <laughs> you're allowed to do that. I just want to put my shoe on the table. Oh, welcome to the shoe on the table no allowed. Rules. No fucks, no rules. No fucks. Jenna and Julianne podcast. Julianne. I forgive you for misspelling my name. It Someone still goes sent up. us this sign that says the Jenna and Julianne podcast. I'm fine with it. They made the effort and it gets uh, it gets some you know exposure right now. We don't have a Jenna and Julianne podcast sign. We'll deal with that. Mm-mm. We'll deal with that. Weird. This is to amplify your voice. So let's do that. <laughs> Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. We missed you guys. What is that? Is that a truck? Yeah, it's a truck. Fuck off, truck. Because our homemade studio is just that. It is a homemade studio. We're trying to popcast in here. We're popcast. It's right next to the street, so you can hear it. It's like a bag of popcorn, except it's a cast. Yes, that's that's precisely what we are doing here. We're cooking popcorn. In a homemade suit. Is he moving any? Is he just staying there? He's like revving his engine. (laughs) Welcome to the popcorn cast. This is the popcorn. Oh my god. This is like a joke, right? Okay, he's gone. Uh, Seriously though, thank you guys for hanging out tonight. Um, We are excited to be back here. I I really missed you guys. I don't know what it was. It feels like this last week was a little long, but... Yeah, we did have a long last week. Yeah. I'm excited to be sitting back down here and talking to my friends. This is nice. I like that we have this. The and uh, this isn't a sponsor or anything, but these guys sent us awesome uh, personalized mugs. I got a Pache one, and Jenna got a Sermit and, and a Marbles Sermit one. And the Marbles. It's this boss dog, so thanks, guys. It's really sweet of you guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, we did a P.O. Box day today, so we got a lot of cool stuff, including that sign. The mugs are beautiful, but if you want to sponsor our podcast... <laughs> That's true. And it, we really don't have a, a sponsor for this podcast, so... Nope. You know, if, if the right offer comes along, <laughs> I guess a podcast isn't AKA, a AKA, pro- if any offer comes along, if you would like to sponsor our podcast. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> a podcast is the type of thing that it's appropriate to have a sponsor every week. So, you know, if you're interested, let us know. The content does lend itself. If exactly. you were to like, yeah, our, our podcast is sponsored by blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's not <laughs> offensive as the viewer or listener of that podcast no, to be it's like not. fuck you guys exactly. you're fucking still out it's the, it's the proper um, platform and also it's got to align with us we're not going to be like hey welcome to this week's podcast sponsored by Vagisil <laughs> sponsored <laughs> stay free maxi pads you remember that Saturday Night Live yeah yeah we're, <laughs> yeah so they keep announcing it like yeah. every two minutes oh my god oh yeah we gotta like it uh, we gotta like this you know the company sponsored by heroin Got some? <laughs> Anybody want to buy some? Anyone want some? <laughs> um, well, today we, uh, if you follow either of us, I don't, I don't know if you tweeted about it. I definitely I tweeted, tweeted about, about it. Oh, you did? Okay. About the well, jinx? You, no, well, there you go. Okay, so th- we have two things we kind of want to cover tonight, uh, and we both tweeted about one of them. Uh, Jenna tweeted about the jinx, mm-hmm. and I tweeted about something that happened to us over the weekend. So I, I guess we should just start with the jinx because it's really fresh in our brains. Uh, the last episode of the documentary series aired last night. We watched it, and it made, you know, the case made news the same day. Right. So why don't we start talking about it in a way where you, because I feel like you're really, really kind of into it. I'm into it. I'm but you, so consumed by yeah, it. Yeah, and I really, uh, you know, appreciate that passion you have for it. So why don't we let Jenna 
begin by giving a little bit of a background of what the Jinx is. Yeah, I will. But before I do that, time out. If you haven't watched the Jinx, I'll give you a brief synopsis. Although you should have read about it in the news because it's been everywhere. Yes. And they give you a breakdown of all of it. But I'd also like to address the fact that when I tweeted what I tweeted, someone was like, yo, you should have thrown a spoiler alert on there. I was like, what, that he got arrested? You can't. That's that's in the news. You can't tell the news, like, what? No, no, I'm, I'm listening. I just have something to say about that. That so. would be like, yo, can you please tell the news to stop spoiling things for me? <laughs> like, was, sorry that he got arrested. I'm not spoiling shit for anyone. Before Jenna even said that right now, I was going to say, spoiler alert for the drinks, if you want to watch it, don't watch this podcast. But, but after not. she just said that, I, I want to say this. For people who literally go on the internet and expect not to be spoiled by things and then lash out, like I've gotten so many tweets about, man, why'd you spoil this? Why'd you spoil that? Get the fuck off the internet. Get off of Twitter. Mind your business and realize that if you're on the internet, you are going to be spoiled by things. Well, yeah, that's like being like, oh, I haven't watched the finale of this show. And then you go on Twitter. You know what's going to happen. You know you're going to read about How can shit. you get mad at someone? That's, that's insane. Why, yeah, whenever we're waiting to watch the last episode of something, we like avoid it yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, like when we would yeah. watch The Ultimate Fighter, I would like avoid Instagram, Twitter, and I'd be like, every once in a while, I would accidentally hit something and it would right. spoil it. Or, or you follow somebody and they tweet about it. It, yeah. But it's it's not the fault of everyone else no, for tweeting it's your about fault. it. It's your fault. It's your fault for going onto the information super highway and then seeing it. Oh man, get off the internet if you um, want to be spoiled. That but, should that's but, like a but, rant in and of itself. But yeah, but there is no spoiler or spoiler alert for the jinx because these two things happened separately. It's not like I told you how the jinx ended. Although I'm sure, guess what? Newsflash, it's not like it's fiction series. If you want to know what is being told in the documentary, you could go read about it online now. (laughs) And also, it's not like it happened yesterday. This thing has been happening for years and it happened years ago. So So don't even try the spoilers. So anyways, uh, the jinx is basically about this man, Robert Durst. His mother committed suicide when he was a child. That was kind of weird. He grew up very privileged. His family are real estate billionaires in New York, the Dursts. Yeah. And uh, Robert was the oldest, although the family business is now run by his younger brother, Douglas Durst, I think his name is. They're estranged. And so everything sort of snowballed when Robert, uh, his first wife went missing and disappeared. And he was a suspect in that case. And some people uh, thought that his best friend, Susan Berman, had helped him cover it up. But he basically was never charged with it. And then uh, he decided to lay low for a while and move to Galveston, Texas, I think. Yep. And then all of a sudden, his like he was renting a $300 a month apartment. Under a different name, different dressed, identity. Dressed yep. as a mute woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, they found some body parts of his neighbor that were hacked to bits, like floating in the bay. And uh, Robert Durst had gotten rid of the head. They took him to trial for murder, but they couldn't convict him of murder because the head was missing. He shot the, his neighbor, Morris Black, in the head and then chopped up the body parts, which he admitted and was like, yeah, I just sort of didn't, you know, being suspected about this thing with my wife. And then, you know, so I got out of town and then we got in an altercation. It was self-defense. And then, yeah, so I cut up his body. No big deal. But because Robert Durst had gone, he threw all these body parts that he cut up in garbage bags, put them in the bay. 
thinking that they would sink. They didn't. They floated to the surface. He went back the next morning, saw it, grabbed the head where you could prove or disprove whether or not this was self-defense or an execution. Yep. He got rid of the head so they could never prove that it was actually murder. It was only self-defense. So he got away with that murder. They that Nobody was able to prove anything with his first wife. Although that was all fishy. And then this woman, Janine Pirro, I think her name was Jean Pirro. No, I think Jeanine that was Pirro. a Janine Pirro, yeah. Uh, she was the DA in New York, I yeah, think, or I something think so, like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 100% sure. But she's been like on Robert Durst for ages, for like decades, trying to put him in jail. Yeah. So she wanted to question Susan Berman, who was Robert Durst's like best friend. And then mysteriously, she's found dead. Well, Susan Berman announced that she was going to talk to whoever. And it was after that that she winds up right. dead. And uh, the cops were able to place Robert Durst in the state of California, but they couldn't put him in Los Angeles. Benedict Canyon, Beverly Hills. And yeah. then after, the, uh, before the body was found, someone had dropped off an anonymous letter, a handwritten letter that had her address. It was like 1527 Benedict Canyon uh, Cadaver. That was the note. It's just, just addressed to Beverly Hills Police. And they no. spelled Beverly wrong and it was all in capital letters. Yep. And then uh, they were never able to pin that on Robert Durst either. So he was doing this like extensive interview and documentary with Andrew Jarecki and uh, whatever the other guy's name is. I can't forget. I can't mm. remember. Yeah. But that's what the jinx is. The jinx is sort of just like unraveling all of these events and showing how ridiculous it is. And Robert Durst wanted to sit down with Andrew Jarecki and like do this interview. He yeah. wanted to. Yeah. And so then... This is the only thing I'll say about spoiler alert, because yep. if you haven't seen the last episode, you might want to just, you know, fast forward yep. a couple minutes. But uh, so in the last episode of The Jinx, uh, I had read today that this interview took place in 2012 when they were shooting this documentary. And then uh, Andrew Jarecki, the director and whatever, they hired an extra team of editors to go through some of the footage because they had so much footage. And someone found this audio confession because Robert Durst was after up. sitting after they confronted him because Susan Berman's stepchild had this letter that was addressed in the exact same way that the cadaver letter was, and they confronted Robert Durst with it. That was the last interview so that they it, had. It was like a second interview, which they brought back this extra piece of evidence, what really made look uh, Robert look really guilty. It was like a bad piece of evidence for him. But after a lot of... Yeah, they you put know, him on the spot. They a lot didn't of, tell him beforehand. They and just it was teeth presented pulling. it to him. It was teeth pulling. He ran from the interview for a while and then he finally was like, you know what? I'll fucking do it. I'll do the interview. Right. So they do the interview. It goes... It's cold. It's like a very different vibe than the first interview because in the first interview, one could say that Andrew Jarecki and Bob Durst kind of had a, you know, a, a rapport. rapport. Exactly. And, and even Jarecki was talking about how he... He said he wasn't sure if he was guilty, but he wasn't, he wasn't sure if he and he said, but he wasn't sure that he was guilty, yeah. and he like liked Robert. He, he liked him. He liked him. Yeah, which you know, is understandable it, it, to a honestly. certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. You watch him, and you it's see. charismatic. Right. He's, he's not some cold-blooded like asshole. Right, but he does. He is bizarre, and he does have these tics. Yeah, but and apparently is uh, Asperger's, but he does have like a really charming quality about him, and he's yeah. incredibly fucking smart. Yeah, which makes it understandable. Although he's a frail old man, that he's capable of all these things, why he's been able, aside from the fact that he's a millionaire yeah. many times over, yeah. that he might be able to get away with these things, yep. unfortunately. 
because he has the money to buy the best defense attorneys. Yeah. And they, the, the, when they were showing the bits of that trial in Galveston, the only murder trial he was actually on, the, the jury was like laughing. Like he was, they, were, it, it they was liked crazy. him. It was crazy. Yeah. He was on trial for having possibly killed his wife and chopping up a body. And he has the jury laughing because yeah. he's so charming. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is terrifying. Um, but we were talking, yeah, I mean, oh, and so, you know, any, it, yeah, anyways, it came back into the news because... No, 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 hold on. We didn't finish oh, it. okay, sorry. So after these extra editors went through all this footage, in 2012, they, in around 2014, an editor basically was like, hey, guys, I just found something that you might want to hear. And it was uh, Robert Durst had gone to the bathroom after that second interview where they confronted him with the handwriting evidence. Yeah. And his mic was still his hot. His mic was still on. And he was just sort of mumbling to himself, like, the weirdest shit. And then he's like, of course, I killed them all. He says, what the hell did I do? I well, killed I killed them, them all, of course. Yeah. Uh, you were and right. That, I was wrong. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, all this shit. Yeah. And then, so that was the finale of was the finale. jinx. Of yeah. just them just playing that audio. It was, it was so, the way they did it was and incredible. And it was chilling. Yeah, and then chilling. earlier that day, Robert Durst was That day arrested, as, in, as in yesterday, yeah, like 2015, Was yesterday. arrested yeah. for the murder of Susan Berman. Not his wife. Yeah, just not, the Susan Berman. Yeah, just yeah. Susan Berman. But I think for most people that know the case, like before I ever fucking knew about it, that like his brother, he tried to kill his brother. Yeah, his allegedly. brother had to get protection. Yeah, his whole family like has restraining orders out yeah. against him. Like people really just want him to go away and to stop being a threat to society, like one way or another. Even though there's no justice for Kathy, his first wife, and yep. stuff like that, they they really just want him to go away. Yep. But I I highly recommend it. We always have, and it's fucking bomb. But anyways. That happened yesterday, and it was a mind fuck. Yeah. The whole thing was the biggest mind fuck ever. Yeah. And the police and Andrew Durecki would not, like, uh, admit or deny that his arrest happening that same day as the finale aired, like, were a coincidence or not. Which it obviously was. Yeah. But, but... Um, I mean, it wasn't a coincidence. They were related events. So, yeah, they arrested Robert Durst. And mind you, I don't think... It's not like the cops sat down and watched the jinx. They've yeah. been working on this evidence for like a year. Yeah, and the evidence has been public. To yeah. arrest him for murder, yeah. uh, murdering Susan Berman. Yeah. And uh, they arrested him in the lobby of a New Orleans hotel. And he was carrying a gun. And uh, it was suspected that he was going to fly... That he got arrested on Sunday... I think so. Yeah, that's when the yeah. news came out, or Saturday night. He I don't was know. Uh, trying to fly to Cuba, basically. Yeah. He wanted to fucking leave the country. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you had been following the jinx like we have for the past month or so, consumed by consumed. it. Consumed. I mean, every Sunday we just lose our minds because it's just such a crazy story, and it's so incredibly done by Jarecki. Um, we were talking yesterday about. Well, specifically, we were talking about that last interview. And during the last interview, he's he's nothing really like he was in the first interview. In the first interview, he was very, you know, he was kind of tired of it. But at the same time, he was a little bit entertained by the interview. You know, he said, oh, nobody tells the whole truth. Like, he just had that attitude. And it was very interesting to watch because of how certain ev- evidence that was very public was, was just seriously stacked against him. And when this new piece came out about the the letter that he wrote, you know, the same spelling and the same handwriting and, and very, very bad evidence for him, 
the whole in, would you agree that the whole second interview had just a completely different vibe? Well, yeah, it had a, it had a different vibe because he didn't really want to do in the first place. Yeah. Like they had been chasing him for months to try and confront him with this evidence, but yeah. he had been tipped off that they had something damning against him. Yeah. And he really just didn't want to do it, but he got arrested for something. Well, oh, he got arrested for, for walking viol- up onto the stoop. For violating his restraining order and Again, going his up his brother's, brother's townhouse yeah, yeah. and like just creeping around the outside Yeah, he got caught door. on security cam walking up the stoop and then just looking and then walking back. Yeah, but still, like for someone that he had allegedly tried to kill in the past, that's oh, yeah. a huge deal. Oh, so yeah. the director sort of used that as like ammo to be like, Hey, man, because Robert Durst needed them to show the footage of when they were outside his brother's townhouse years beforehand shooting the documentary. And, like, that's how he knew where it was. I don't know. But for whatever reason, he needed them to hand over the videotapes. So Andrew Jarecki was like, okay, yeah, okay, we need you to sit down and do this interview then. Yeah. So that's why it was different. Yeah. Because he then needed something from the director. Yeah. And the documentary crew. Yeah, you're right. It was totally different. different circumstances. But, it, like, he still was sort of doing the same thing in which, like, he doesn't exactly answer questions and he does this, like, little dance around shit so he doesn't really have to tell the truth. Yeah. Which is something incredibly smart. It is so hard to do that on the spot and not get flustered. And what I was telling you, what was one of the most disturbing parts about all of this to me is that someone can talk about these things in such a way it's so candidly... W- like, without being emotionally disturbed. Do you know what I mean? Like, he can just sort of brush... He, so, he sat in court and talked about just chopping up this guy's body very matter-of-factly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I it's, just did what yeah. I had to do. That's yeah. a scary thing when you see real footage of it. Yeah, he smoked some marijuana, and I got drunk, and then, yeah, I sawed his body into pieces. And you're just like, this completely unassuming, privileged... Small small man was capable of doing this and then just sitting here and talking about it casually it was just so disturbing the whole thing is very disturbing it's very disturbing but that was that was the the craziest thing that if if you have time or you have an hbo go account that you can log in of someone else's it it might be some of the craziest television or anything that i've ever watched those last 45 seconds or so yeah it's intense very very intense and the whole series is is you know beyond well done it, it does the the story justice in a way like it's very dramatic um we were talking a little bit about how in the second interview he had well so he always has these like ticks he's like shutting his eyes a lot he does this thing and he has like ticks like that but in the second interview when when shit got really real he started burping like really violently like it was it was very weird and we watched we we didn't speak a word to each other during this we're so like couldn't stop looking you know we we don't talk but after after the episode last night we were walking the dogs and we were talking i was you know i was like i asked you something about like you know these ticks these burps and you said you know something something along the lines you know i'll let you explain but you basically said something along the lines of like his body is losing its own mind because so much shit is fucked up like he, he's able to be you know put on this poker face for so long but then his body is just like revolting against right. it because well, it's think so about it much this way. um it's it's a physiological physiological response to stress yeah. which can come in any form but right. like have you ever heard someone say oh whenever i get really nervous i have to poop or i get like bubble guts or like i i'm just like sweating or something like that 
it's it's a just a physiological response to stress so he was so stressed out and like obviously he can't just hold it together and lie because he didn't have something rehearsed in his head and they had showed clips beforehand when his mic was hot and he didn't know it was on and he would like murmur things under his breath practicing like sentences practicing lines. telling them to himself i never like the word like it was like the word intentionally yeah. lied like he would say it to himself over and over and over again until it became true in his mind so that yeah. he could say it with confidence yeah. without his body freaking out yeah. because it doesn't matter how great of a liar you are if your body starts responding to the stress that you're under it's a dead it's giveaway come out. yeah that you're and, lying yeah. and that you're freaking the fuck out yep so in the bathroom when he's doing this, like talking to himself when yeah. his mic is hot and he's confessing basically to these murders, mm -hmm. he's saying, and the burping, like he's, he's so a, angry he's at acknowledging himself. It, yeah. He's so angry at his body for deceiving him. But it's, it's insane like to watch that and all of a sudden he just starts burping and he starts like freaking out. And his ticks are going crazy, and he's just fucking losing his mind. But he, you didn't see him like that in any other no, part of the documentary no. because it's so well rehearsed in his mind that he can lie without question. You know? Yeah, and, and he almost like he has this way of like making you feel kind of dumb for thinking he'd be guilty. Like it's you know, uh, you know, in the previous interview, it was something like you know, uh, you know, you were in California when Susan Berman was murdered. It was a very weird coincidence that you were there. You, you could, they couldn't put you in Southern California. What do you have to say about that? And he says, well, to me, it sounds like the cops have something that they can run with. And it just like right. almost he, makes you well, feel like, wow, I guess he really isn't guilty. He's right. like making fun of people he, who think it, that he would possibly have done something. He normalizes everyone's suspicions. That's a good way to put it. And he normalizes like, it. Yeah. Well, California's a big state and like... Yeah, I was visiting this and doing that, but I could understand, like, here's this guy whose wife is mysteriously dead and missing, and then I mean, I get his it. neighbor, like, I get <laughs> like, it. like, fuck, dude. But then he'll, like, throw you some weird little sharp fastball where it's like, well, why do you think I moved to Galveston, Texas, like, where no one lives, to rent this, like, apartment and dress as a mute woman? Because I was hiding. Yeah. And you're like... Yeah, that part makes fucking kinda sense. Makes sense like, it kind of makes yeah, sense, dude. Yeah, people think you murdered your wife. Whether or not you did, it's kind of a like understandable thing. You want to go off the map. But this is also why lawyers get paid the big bucks, and he was paying lawyers the, the big, big bucks. bucks. They created the most they brilliant cases. Well, they create these lies for him to live by and defend. Because and they, they're the, the, he can defend they, himself. They create lies. They create all sorts of angles that you wouldn't have thought of. And then they also create gaps where they're like, you know what? Maybe you didn't remember this. Don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, just say you don't remember. It helps if you don't know this section of the story best. Right. And it did help. Yeah. It got him off murdering people over and over. It was such a mindfuck. Such a mindfuck. Wow. Like, it, it's... It, when you say the word chilling, it rarely means fucking actually chilling. Like, mm -hmm. I've watched that and I, like, can't. I mean, I think the only other thing that I've watched and been somehow more disturbed by is and I don't even want to fucking say it but there's a it's on YouTube it's about a cannibal and that's all all right yeah well, that's we don't need to go it's it's so not worth watching it's so deeply disturbing that mm -hmm. like I left watching that I don't know why I watched I was down those like weird YouTube holes yeah. when you've got time yeah. and you're sort of just like waiting to get like drawn in by something and I got drawn in by it and I, I had to fast forward a bunch of parts because I just couldn't I was getting yeah that sounds sick like to my stomach I would, I would probably draw the line there too and 
it's not worth watching. Please yeah. do not watch it ever. Yeah. No need. Because you don't leave with any... Like, this is sort of like a mind fuck, but then it leaves you with all these thoughts and feelings and whatever. But that left me with nothing of value. I would probably throw up. It just disturbed that. me. Yeah. But yeah, this was one of those things where you're just like... You're left reeling. Do you know what I mean? Reeling. But anyways, let's talk about something lighter, shall yeah, we? Yeah, you know, why don't except we Except not lighter, except angrier. Yeah, angrier, but way lighter. <laughs> um, so I hope that gave you some sort of, you know, for fulfillment those of you that for like those that jinx. care. Exactly. Uh, so this weekend, we amazingly went out to a bar. What? Yeah, I know. We've been like being homebodies pretty much for the last couple of months. Um, it's you know, fun. It's fun, but, you know, we wanted to get out. So we got home and we were drinking and stuff. And we were just like, you know, let's go out. Let's go to a bar. So we go to a bar. I'm going to say the fucking name of this first place, not the second place. Okay. We go to a place called Laurel Tavern. And I had been there once. Studio City. Studio City. I had been there once, had a drink with a buddy, whatever. It was really packed. Service was slow, but whatever. It, it wasn't bad. So we go to Laurel Tavern. Um, and we all look at the menu for drinks. It's it's about 1 o'clock when we get there, like 1, maybe one fifteen. No, it's like one one between 1 and one ten, I think. Anyway. And these places allegedly close at 2. Every single place that every we ever go to, technically part, their Angeles. hours end at two on Saturday nights. Right. So, well, every bar yeah. in no. Los Angeles. No. Well, yeah. So we uh, look at the menu. We pick out our cocktails. I order the cocktails. And the moment I order the cocktails, this woman, dark-haired woman, bartender behind the bar, laughs at me. And she, like, laughs. And Mind like, you, we've both been bartenders in the past. Yeah, I bartended for oh, almost two years. And okay. she bartended for years. And so, you know, I order my drinks. This woman laughs. So I'm like, oh, maybe maybe she thought I said something else. So she brings back the beer and one drink. And then she says, oh, I can't make that second drink. I mean, I put everything away. Like, what else could what else could you eat? You know, could you drink right now? I'm not going to make that. She basically said no to one of the drink orders. Yeah, she, didn't she, had, a, she didn't offer you a suggestion or yeah, tell you just, what she can make. No, she just said, what's another drink? Yeah, she said, what else do you want? I said, okay, well, you know, can I have a Basil Hayden? You have a Basil Hayden. She was like, yeah, yeah, well, we got that. I was like, oh, take a knee. Give it to me, you know, please. And so she gives she gives me the last drink. And as I'm, like, waiting to, like, go to our seats behind us, she's, like, she took my card and is ringing me up. And if you have ever been to a bar, if you were an adult who goes to bars, you know that before a bartender takes your bar and rings you up, they are supposed to and generally do ask you if you want to leave your tab open or if you want to close out. Closing out meaning you're going to leave after this drink, leaving the tab open meaning that you may stay another drink. Mm-hmm. She takes my card and, and starts doing her thing. And I'm like, wait, 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 I'm trying to get her attention. Excuse me, open, 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 leave it open when we want to stay. And of course, she's not looking. So she finishes her business, hands me the check. And I said, wait, can we maybe leave the tab open? And she says, honey, honey. I'm not going to leave it open. Honey. It's 115. And then walks away. So just to recap, <laughs> this place supposedly closes at 2. It's pretty packed. One fifteen, I guess, according to this woman, is essentially last call. Is essentially call. last call without anyone saying last call. <laughs> without she the lights being the, on. She laughed at my drink order, didn't give me the choice to close out or, or keep it open. And then re- didn't have just something on the menu. Wouldn't make you something on the menu. And then absolutely. Don't give me a drink menu then, bitch. And then absolutely rudely didn't give me the choice to keep my t- tab open and then said it, said it to me in a very demeaning way, honey. So I got, you know, I don't normally ever tip below 20% in a bar, no matter what, because I was a bartender and I right. know those tips mean everything. So I tipped her 
on like a $33 tab. I tipped her three bucks, which like is 10%. Like a dollar a drink. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That's the lowest I'll ever tip someone because I'm not going to tip anyone nothing or whatever. But right. I wish I would just not tip you anything. So we go. We have our drinks. And we're just kind of reeling, you know? I mean, we're just like, fuck. Like, why did that all just happen? We came out at one expecting to have at least two drinks. I yeah, mean, just a couple of drinks. We literally just went out to have a couple of drinks. And when I when I house. worked at, at, at a bar, and when Jenna worked at a bar, you know, there's last call. Wait, you know, for me, I worked in California. So 2 a.m., you can't sell liquor after that. For her, right. it's different because it was in Boston. Not but for, really. No, you can't oh, sell two. alcohol after 2. Oh, New York is what I'm thinking of. New York, you can. Okay, so New I'm York, sorry. you can sell alcohol until four. Yeah, but so we're. I mean, I, at least I'm used to two forty-five, one forty-five. Excuse me. Okay, last call. All right, right, you, you can say make last, last call. Maybe you start turning lights on, but people are allowed to order a drink until one fifty-nine. You have to hand them whatever they order until two a.m. and then you're not allowed to serve them. Now that's the law. Generally, you follow the law because the also- bar wants to make money. Also that, like, where is where are the where are the hardworking, hungry bartenders who want to make money? They don't. They want to close. They want to go home. Yeah, but what pisses me off in the the bar that Julian used to work at, as like the business started to fail. This was not Julian's fault or anything. Like the people that owned it were not good people. But, like, it would say it's open until two. You would drive by or like walk down the street at like. I don't know, 11.45, and all the lights would be off and the doors would be closed when it was when that place was on its way out. You know what I mean? It was after I stopped working there. Yeah, yeah. No, everybody had stopped, but, yeah. like, th- it was still allegedly open. Yeah. But how in the fuck, me as a patron, can I come back to your bar when I don't know if it's open or closed? Yeah. And what really pissed me off about this place, Laurel Tavern, is... Why would I ever come back to your bar when if I go on Yelp or if I go on the internet, it says 2 a.m. It says 2 a.m. every single place. I don't understand why I can't come in until 2 a.m. and get a drink. I don't understand. Well, it was basically the worst business. It was basically ever. First of all, you say you don't know why you would ever go back there. I don't either, which is why we're not going back there. Right. And second of all, we have our answer. It's because that woman was lazy from working her long five-hour bartending shift. Yeah, plus it's not like this place is fucking packed. There's like 30 people in there. Yeah, it's it's like capacity at like maybe 60 people. And ooh, like leaving leaving your customer with that sort of feeling is the last thing you ever want right. to do but in the that, service that, industry. That wasn't the end of the night. So that wasn't we, the end we of the pounded night. our drinks because we, yeah. we were like, let's we were like, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of out here. Of here. So because we, there's other bars within walking distance, and I bet we can get another drink yeah. and sit somewhere without feeling like, you know, yeah. you, you can't even. Because Julian, in hindsight, was like, I should have on the tip, like, written, like, sorry to bother you. Yeah. I, I was like, I don't know what I did to piss <laughs> her off. Sorry to bother you, lady. Yeah. Sorry to give you my money. Sorry for asking for a drink that's on the menu. <laughs> yeah, so we shoot our drinks. We're like, whatever. We walk down the street to a place called the Firefly, or Firefly, which we had gone before. We like a lot. We like. We like them. We uh, we've gone there for a couple birthdays, and they you know stay open late. They give us good drinks. Nice bartenders. So it's one thirty at this point. We walk up to the door, and this doorman, Guy. this yeah. fucking doorman, wearing a hoodie or some beanie, like whatever, just turned us away. He said, yeah. he said, sorry, last call. He said, sorry, it was just last call. And I said, well, it's 1.30. Like, it's last call. I was like, call. great, we, so we can still get so one more drink. So we can get drink. a drink. It's last call. And right. he says. Last call doesn't last for a minute. It lasts until you close. That's and, what last call is. <laughs> and he says, last call. 
sorry, you guys can't. And I said, well, what, can we just get one drink? We, we come to this bar quite a bit. You guys, you know, are, are one of our favorites out here. Can we get one drink since it's one thirty? It's last we have 30 call. minutes till you can stop selling liquor. He goes, no, man, it's one thirty-six. And I said, really, man? And he says, it's just one of those nights. So before I proceed to talk about this bar, I want to note that I re, you know I tweeted about both these bars and and <laughs> Laurel Tavern funny. just didn't fucking respond. They fucking whatever. Firefly initially saw that I tweeted about them. They didn't see the context, so they said, "Hey, thanks for the mention, Julian." And I wrote back. I said, "Well, it wasn't that positive. I was kind of talking about how you guys turned us away for no reason." And then they DM'd me, and they actually made an attempt to resolve it, which I oh, appreciate. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I hadn't told you that you were in the doctor's office, but oh. they had DM'd me like five times back. Well, they asked me, say, tell me the whole story. So I DM'd the whole story uh, about the about how the doorman was rude and decided that it was one of those nights and didn't want to serve us, uh, even though he's a doorman. A doorman. He can't serve anyone. I don't know why he's making that call. So he wants hopefully I got him in trouble anyone. because that motherfucker's losing them business. But anyway, they made the attempt to resolve it, which is why I would be going back to Firefly in the future. But, um, I mean, obviously those two things happening back-to-back didn't help because we were already pretty pissed. But it's just a really frustrating theme in Los Angeles that bartenders or bar staff are just so eager to leave the night, leave the last bit of money that you can make, leave the customers who want to come to your bar late at night because you are lazy and you want to be done with work early. Right. Well, I'm not like 100% sure what the fucking law is in California because it seems like most places start turning on the lights at 1.30 so that the bar can be empty by 1.45, 2 a.m. Because in Boston, it wasn't uncommon when I was working that we wouldn't start counting our money until 2.45. You know what I mean? Same with me. Like, by the time you clean up and everybody's kind of out of there, because when the lights go on, it's like 2, 2.05, 2.10, 2.15. Then you really, they, like, everyone get out. Need, you gotta go. They need yeah. to get people out the door. But, like, you know, we have to just clean up. It, like, you're not getting home until 3.30 in the morning. That's just what you take on. That's exactly right. By being a bartender. That's exactly right. But that's, you know, I was just, that's the way I was trained. Like, if someone orders a drink at 159, you have to serve them. You Why would you not? That's a tip that you're going to make. You don't have a choice. And, like, I would be curious to know, like, who actually owns the Laurel Tavern, who actually owns Firefly, and if they want these people to be closing well, at that time. No, probably not. Probably. Like when I used to work at the tanning salon, I had to let if, if we closed at nine or ten, I had to let someone in those doors at eight fifty nine or nine fifty nine. And if they wanted to tan for a goddamn half hour, I had to stand there and let them. That's part of what sucks about working in the in the industry of serving people. Right. Like sometimes when, you got to stay a little later, dude. Right. When someone's come, when someone comes in during any time of your shift, yeah. you need to help them. All right, it's like. Okay, I have a nine to five office job at four o'clock. I'm gonna text. I'm gonna email everyone in the company. And say, hey, I'm closing out early. <laughs> closing don't email out. me until don't tomorrow. Please, yeah, please don't give me any work after four thirty. If that's great with or, you, or, or after okay four, or after four fifteen. I'm sorry, Honey. I'm like totally, pretty much unavailable after four fifteen because I'm getting in shutdown mode. I gotta start packing up my thermos and my lunch, and I need to go to the break room and rinse out my cup. Okay. It makes me really <laughs> sad though because I remember like in the heyday of me bartending which is like a, I don't know a couple weeks span when it was, things were really good yeah. because it was like um, now I'm a bartender and then I'm a bartender and then now the bar sucks so yeah. there was like a period where things were really good we were making money everyone was happy and in that period I remember we would have nights where we were you know cleaning the place up till three o'clock and counting right. our fat tips 
You know right. what I mean? We made good money because right. we decided we were going to be known as that place that lets you in till two. Right. And you know, there were plenty of nights that I would sit there because I really don't care what kind of place it is, like a bar. Like, I kind of just want to sit there and chill at a table with my friends and then hang out until you guys are closed. Yeah. Like, that's all I care about. Yeah. I don't really care about anything else. But there were plenty of times at that bar when I would go and they'd be like, uh, so there's not really anybody here. Um, so we're just going to close. And I'm like, well, how do you think anyone's going to come in here if you just keep closing at 1230? Yeah. Because and, there's no one here. Yeah. Like if you if there's people in the bar, keep them in the bar. Even if it's just a handful. Even if it's just a few. Even if it's just a handful, because then a fucking party bus might pull up, man. Which like you don't happens. Right. You don't get to just fucking close yeah. because you're kind of bored. And you think that you're not making as much money as you want. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I guess, I guess the real frustration is that it's a theme in the city. Well, in Los Angeles, yeah. Because I was thinking even in WeHo, although there are plenty of places, WeHo being West Hollywood, where there's a, a long strip and like lots of bars and places to go for nightlife, um, there's plenty of places that will stay open until 2. And you can hang out there after and get a water and get a vitamin water or whatever the fuck. You, you can yeah. dance. You can yeah. keep dancing. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. after hours places yeah. that don't serve any alcohol. Yeah. But you can certainly stay and hang out. Yep. Uh, but then there's a couple places when at one thirty or one fifteen they thing. start shuffling out out the door, like pushing you out, like yelling at you to get yeah. out. And it's kind of confusing as yeah. to like, you know, I don't really go out enough, nor have I gone out enough places to know exactly which bars actually stay open until two a.m. Yeah. But it's annoying the way like that night that we went out. We were sort of hanging out at the house. You know, it's it's getting... I, I think we decided maybe 11.45 midnight that we were going to get our shit together and maybe go out. Yeah. And, like, we went upstairs. We changed our clothes. We got a car, and we got a ride over there. By the time we did that, it was just about 1 a.m. And, you know, we had a drink here before we left. Like, there's plenty of nights when that seems like a totally reasonable thing to do. Yeah, go have and, a nightcap and people, or two. Yeah. I know. In the bar that I used to work at, since it was such a young crowd, there were so many people that would come between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. because they were coming from a fucking house party that got broken up. Yeah. They were coming from another bar because you can walk. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just so mind-boggling to me that you would want to close during one of the busiest hours if you would just stay open. Yes. You know? It's very, very weird. I mean, it, you know, it's it it does nothing besides turn me off to going out here. But yeah. it is what it is. Like, I just, I don't think that they should be allowed to claim that they're open until 2. Well, it is technically false advertising. If you can't even be in the building after yeah. 1.30. I just don't know what's, what's up 25. everyone's ass in a bar in L.A. Like, the way that woman was to me. Like, how bad could her shift have been for her to rightfully treat anyone like that? Well, I think she just thought that you were a little baby. Like a baby kid ordering some cocktails. Oh, well, this baby kid had money for you, but you didn't she want it, motherfucker. She literally called you honey. She called me honey. Which, in the right context, yeah, it's sweet. But she was being very, very condescending. She's fucking didn't appreciate you. It. Didn't appreciate it. Well, I just like the way that you said it made it seem like you should have known <laughs> honey, better. <laughs> it's one fifteen. Honey, honey I'm, I'm not, not going to keep your tab open. It's one fifteen. What do those two things like, have anything to do with Like, you should have known that, Julian. That's, what, that's the way she was talking to you. I should have known that you're a lazy piece of... Nope. Not going to keep going. No point. Although I'm pretty sure that guy walking around was the owner, and he was, like, in his pajamas. Yeah. Getting drunk behind the bar. Being so weird. Oh, man. Well, if anyone watches this and uh, works at Laurel Tavern, why don't you 
have someone talk to that girl and maybe change your policy about being assholes to customers. <laughs> because Sorry we just kind of you. put your bar on blast because you basically told us to. Sorry to bother you. You never know who you're going to piss off, honestly. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just stupid. I'm not saying I'm anyone important, but I'm just saying, hey, we're on a podcast talking about it now. We wouldn't have been here if you weren't mean to us. Sorry to bother you, sorry, lady. Sorry to bother you. Sorry to come into your bar, try to pay you. So oh, this, isn't, this isn't the happiest way that we wanted to end, but it's definitely not murdering and cutting people up. So there's that. <laughs> At least we went from like a crazy murderer to yeah. like a little bit angry, but it got happier. It got happier. It got happier. And... You live and you learn. We're not going to go out at one again and try. We're going to, you know, we accept it. It just sucks. You know what I mean? Right. It sucks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, this is why we have a podcast, I guess, so we can air our thoughts yeah. and stuff. Well, I mean, if you guys... The other thing to consider also, not to go back, but like about Los Angeles, mm. is that most of these bars, like Los Angeles is an enormous place. It's not like they have these residual people like walking over from another bar. You oh. can't really like walk around too much. Yeah, that's Although true. that little strip of bars, you totally can. Studio City. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like Main Street. Yeah. Everyone's open till fucking two on Main Street. Okay. Whatever. 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 Is if right. you guys have any stories, uh, I got a lot of different mixed tweets about this when I tweeted about it, which is fine. But if you guys want to participate and kind of chime in about your experience in bars and maybe if you worked in the bar business or if you have had similar experiences or maybe you have something that you think we should know in, in terms of us being wrong about something, mm-hmm. let us know in the comments and also let us yeah, know. Because what you... our experience as bartenders is not everyone's. No, but it's I, not. Would, I would genuinely just like to understand why you're allowed to say you're open until two if there's never a person in your building yeah. after one. I mean, if, it, if, it, if it's a reason different than the just lazy culture of bartenders, then we'd like to know because yeah. it seems really weird. It just seems like false advertising. Yeah, well, it is. <laughs> also, if you guys have anything to say about the jinx, let us know because we want to talk about that yeah. shit. I'm consumed. We want to talk about shit. And also, anyone but Vagisil, hit us up about sponsors. <laughs> um, Good Stay podcast. free maxi pads. <laughs> yeah, that was a really fun bit. Um, good podcast. Yeah, good podcast. Uh, thank you guys for watching mm-hmm. and listening to the Jenna and Julian podcast this week. We'll Word. be back again next week, hopefully with more positivity, even though I enjoyed this. I think you knew this. Yeah, I did. I, I did enjoy it. That was good. And that's a good blue dress, by the way. Oh, thanks. good blue. It's good. Yeah, I saw that. No, you didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.